Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. All right, we're talking about the making of a narcissist. So this is where they are cooked. This is the recipe that will get you a narcissist if you want to raise one. You know, for those who've experienced a narcissistic relationship, one of the biggest challenges, more than even the gaslighting, devaluing of yourself, the lack of empathy for you, is accepting the fact that a, a, a narcissistic personality can't be changed. It's very hard to change that kind of a personality because once they're about 25 years old, they're pretty much cooked. After that, you've got to realize narcissism, there's no medication for that. It is a personality disorder, and they think they are wonderful people. They think they're the most magnanimous people in the world. They think that the world could not exist without them. They are so gregarious and so egotistical, they can't even imagine that anyone would have a negative thought about them because they've done so much for so many people, including their codependent partner that they love to groom. You know, but how does someone become a narcissist and can anything be done to stop it? You know, there's a lot of people that say the seeds get, get sowed in childhood, which is the truth. And it's inadvertent. A lot of it has to do with trauma and neglect. And narcissism, it develops in environments where there's a mix of both overindulgence or underindulgence. There's also, uh, uh, typically, it's an overindulgence and focusing on status, money, appearance, how things look to other people, just to focus on the external achievements and how great their children looks make them look. However, the narcissistic parent is not about their child. It's about what their child brings to them. And that means the child has to do something to accept the fact that they are loved. And so there's also underindulgence in teaching kids about compassion and empathy. So they learn to have to be their own parents. What they have to do is they become a parentified child. They have to make their own adult decisions and they get gaslighted by their narcissistic parent to believe how awful and ashamed they should be for existing on this planet and how guilty they must be for all the horrible choices that they've made that their narcissistic parent believes they've taught them never to do. However, the narcissist themselves does it all day long, every day, and they would never take accountability for the crap they do but they'll tell their children how awful and guilty they should be for all the things that they do. And that's how we cook a narcissist. You know, there, there's an overindulgence in the way that how the child connects to other people. So that means our, my, their child is the thing that they promote to, which represents a part of them that they wish the world would see. My kid is the most intelligent kid in the world, the most attractive, the most uh, sports athlete, the greatest there ever was. See, what they do is they overpromote their child, but what their child represents 
is what they want the world to think about them. So they succeed through their child's success. And so they attach themselves to that child and make that child believe that the only way you can become valuable is if you become successful. But that has nothing to do with empathy and compassion for other people. Unfortunately, narcissistic children are cooked that way, that other people are meant to be used to get you where you need to be, just like I use you as a child to make me look good. And that is the thought process that creates this narcissistic environment in how we raise people. Now, the sad part is people listening to this show, a lot of people are narcissists that are listening to the show, and they would never think they would ever do these things to their children because they have no way to introspect on themselves that they actually have these qualities within themselves. But, you know, narcissistic children learn to be overindulgent for their superficial attributes. That means they have to have the best clothing, the greatest schools. They have to have everything that their friends have and more. And they have to have 10 times greater than everyone else. They have to have all of the things. They also underindulge in their emotions. And that means how people feel is not necessarily a very important attribute. Feelings are fleeting. Feelings are weakness. And that's what it is to a narcissistic child. You know, I don't have time for your feelings. I am trying to succeed in life. That is the most important thing. Now, yeah, boy, that's what Jesus would want us all to think like that. No, unfortunately, narcissistic children learn that they are God and the rest of the world is meant to be used. And so there's these things that do not guarantee a child will become a narcissist, but these are ingredients that create narcissism. And many children who experience these challenges still grow up to be empathetic adults. You know, every narcissist likely experienced at least one of them as a kid. And and, and so, you know, experiencing narcissism be, uh, begets narcissism. But that doesn't mean every kid that's raised by a narcissist is going to become one. But they've sure learned the role model. You know, the risk is even higher if a child experiences one of these things in their life, like neglect, like overindulgence, underindulgence, trauma, abuse, you know, neglect. These are ingredients that all will contribute to the idea statistically that that child will likely become a narcissist. You know, there's a lot of clients with narcissistic per personalities. And narcissism, by the way, is a huge ingredient of our society today. People believe that they are gods, that they can tell everyone else how to be what they are. They love to put black and white on every single person and judge every single person. You're a mega. Oh, you're one of those Gaza people. Or, oh my God, you're a liberal. You know, we love, we love to label people so we can just put them in a box and put them away. Unfortunately, that's a narcissistic trait. You know, many may think spoiling a child is the only way to make them a narcissist, but overindulgence is more complicated than that. You know, it, it is valuing a child only for their superficial attributes, their straight A's, their accomplishments, their sports, you know, accomplishments, their trophies. How many trophies do they have in a room? Oh, my God, my kid can put any Lego set together on the whole planet. You know, these kind of things is what a parent thinks 
is going to make them a good parent because their child can accomplish all these things and they couldn't do that without me, you know, and thereby they teach them that these external qualities give them their worth. And that is the problem with narcissism. And the other problem with narcissism is they have to groom a codependent person to breed with because they cannot allow another person to make room in their life. That person has to center their life on the narcissist themselves. You know, parents can also overindulge children by allowing them to throw temper tantrums without consequences never allowing them to learn how to regulate emotional outbursts, as well as teaching them that they, that they are more special than other kids. You know, and of course, every parent thinks their kid is special, but everyone is special. And with a narcissistic generating environment, it's you're better than everyone else. You're more special than everyone else, almost like you're the chosen one. And that's what the child begins to believe. And it's almost like the parent's grandiosity being projected on the child is doing all the work for them. Because if I can make you believe that you're better than everybody else, you're going to spend your life trying to be better than everybody else. And then I don't have to parent you because you're trying to be better than everybody else. So if we program our children early that they're supposed to be better than everybody else, then we don't have to have to parent. Because quite frankly, 50% of the people out there that are parents are breeding stock. That means they breed, but they're not parents. They love to create children. They love to have these things that they created in this world. They love to go, oh yeah, that's my child. That's my thing that I created. Yes, they love that godlike ideal, but they don't like doing the dirty work because it's a little too humble for the narcissist. You know, on the flip side, overindulgence can undermine a child's self-esteem and self-worth, especially because they have to equate failure to failure instead of learning. So they learn that failure is going to be reacted to poorly by their narcissistic parent because you did not please me. You did not make me look good. You failed. So I'm going to treat you like a failure. And then I'm going to tell you how better than everybody else you're supposed to be. And if you're not that, then I'm going to guilt and shame you until, you're, until you can't stand yourself anymore. You know, parents who are maybe not involved, who don't take the time to talk to their kids, who are not present in their day-to-day, -day, the child is more likely to develop narcissism because they're craving that constant need for attention. However, what they're really, really, really craving is an empathetic parent who will get down and look them in the eyes and talk to them about their problems and hear them and understand feelings and have what's called compassion for pain, which means that we learn how to love by choosing to suffer for another person. This teaches us how to love, but narcissists will not suffer for another person. They will only suffer for themselves. And that's what they are going to teach their child. You suffer for yourself when you fail. You fail, you're you bad person. You see, narratives is what narcissists have to keep life into, a contained story about what they're supposed to be. And anything outside of that, especially somebody that brings up the fact that what you're doing is being an egotistical asshole, that if you bring that up to a narcissist, they're going to gaslight the hell out of you. You're really the asshole. You're the person that, oh, you, you're the crazy one. So here's the language that a narcissist used, by the way. Well, that's not what I said. Oh, well, that's not what I meant. 
You know, they love to deflect. Oh, well, I, I wasn't really saying that. What I was really saying was blah, 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 blah. So they love to move the cheese. And where do we see that? Pervasively, we see it in the media and we see it in politics, which are glaring in our face 24 by 7 every day of our lives. And unfortunately, these massively idiot people, narcissistic, selfish pigs, are the ones in control of the globe and our economy and everything else in the world. Because they can't succeed in life, they just have to succeed by looking good. And so they run our world and we, the sheep, love to vote for these turkeys. It's unfortunately, uh, we don't understand what it is to have a humble human being actually in charge of a country, a world, a globe, anything in this world, a city, a county, whatever. Leaders can't not stand that. They have to actually be the winner. They have to be the one in charge. They have to dictate how the rest of the world will operate. And usually they're the bottom 25% of the intelligence. And that's called wisdom, not, not actually knowledge, but wisdom. They have very little of that because they're so selfish. You know, lastly, children who suffer abuse are at the higher risk of developing a myriad of mental health issues. You know, along with narcissism comes depression, comes gaslighting, comes love bombing. Narcissists, if they can find themselves a really good little codependent person, what they're going to do is they're going to groom the shit out of that person after they're committed to them. So they look like they are the most romantic the most sexy, the most incredible person in the whole world, the narcissist. And the narcissist will love bomb somebody until they finally get them to marry them and commit to them. And once that person commits to them, now they can groom the hell out of them and treat them like crap and tell them what kind of person they really are. Because the narcissist needs to groom that person to accommodate their personality. And so anybody that's codependent is a great target for a narcissist. Anybody that has no boundaries, what I can do and what I can't do, yes and no. The people that have trouble with those things, because I'm a pleaser, I just love to please. But pleasers are the last to be pleased. But these codependent people cannot even fathom the idea that they're codependent either. So they're in their own delusion. Unfortunately, they are the fish that narcissists are fishing for, and narcissists will make the bait look really, really good for that codependent. That codependent is going to love the feast that they get from the narcissist, and then suddenly they realize their world is all about the narcissist, and had, they don't even know who the hell they are anymore. You know, mental health experts uh, have guidelines that will help you teach a kid how to not be a narcissist. Number one is empathy and compassion. You know, that's what Jesus did, is empathy and compassion for pain. Anybody that's in pain of any kind of pain, if we're searching for that, you know, the reason people go to church, they're just praying to God, somebody in that church is actually going to walk up to them and identify their pain and have compassion for it. Unfortunately, people go to church with all their boundaries up and they won't reveal how much pain they are in. But the reason they're sitting in church is because they are in pain and they're hoping maybe that minister is going to say something that I can hang my hat on that will make 
me feel like I'm not in pain or somebody actually sees me. But where the true love of a congregation is supposed to be is actually identifying pain within the congregation. Unfortunately, that's not what people do. They love to go to church, so they no longer have guilt and shame for all the horrible things they've done during the week. So, as we think about life, kids pick up on it. They pick on up on empathy, and if you can offer that to other human beings, what they end up doing is they end up understanding that that is a role model for living, and it has a lot of power to it. Because people that are empathetic are very hard to find. And when you find someone who actually cares about your problems, who actually identifies with your suffering, that is a very rare person in this world. And people will do anything to keep somebody in their life that offers that. And so what you have to understand is empathy is the fuel that human beings need to have relationships. And people that are narcissistic think it's about doing things for people and doing things, especially for me. That is your value. That is empathy. If I do think, if I buy you that car, then you should understand that's my form of empathy for you. You know, that is what narcissists do. They will buy their way through the love because they have no love to give because empathy wise, they could care less about your existence. They also do rewards. You know, uh, if you don't value the child in their uh, their their life, what you want to do is you want to reward their achievements. So you can certainly applaud their achievements uh, because that's going to make you look good as a narcissist. So you have to show that same pride when they do something like play a, a nice game with a younger sibling or they want to uh, uh, praise behaviors. That's how we want to undo narcissism and say, that was really nice of you to give that gift to this kid. That was really nice of you to sit with them when they were in pain. That was really nice of you to hug that person. You know, when you identify what it takes to be a human being and a child, they actually learn that. You also want to teach them the, to consider other people's feelings. That's called consequential thinking. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come right back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Dr. Connie Mariano is a groundbreaker. She was the White House physician to three presidents, toured the world on Air Force One, and has had countless amazing experiences. The one thing that life didn't prepare her for was becoming a widow. After losing her beloved husband, John, in a tragic accident, Dr. Connie joined the one million women who were widowed in the United States each year. While her journey as a widow has been one of intense grief and sorrow, it has also been one of extraordinary growth and rebirth. Now, Dr. Connie is sharing what she's learned, joined by her knowledgeable guests to help anyone struggling with this deeply personal and often lonely journey of their own. Tune into The Widow's Walk, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Everybody, We're talking about how to create and make a narcissist, and that is something that's done in childhood. But the one thing you want to do is teach them examples, if you want them not to be a narcissist, is to teach them examples of other people's feelings. And this doesn't have to be some structured conversation. It is everyday life. And it's when you're watching a movie, you ask your kids, you know, why do you think that character did that? Or how would you handle that situation? Or how do you think the other person felt in that moment? You know, you want to help them grow up thinking about other people's feelings. Because a purpose-driven life, if you read Rick Warren's A Purpose-Driven Life, the very first line of it is, it's not about you. Wow, a narcissist can't even stand that. Of course, they would say that, oh, yes, of course, my life's about me. That's what narcissists do. They think their life's about other people, but it's really just about them. You know, and and, and other people are different perspectives and understanding. That if I marry someone, they may have a different opinion. Oh, my gosh, how could that be? You're supposed to agree me, with me on everything because you're married to me, and we have this covenant, and that means I'm God, and you're supposed to do what I think you're supposed to do and not have an own opinion of your own, God forbid. Now, really, true love is understanding that both of us have different perspectives, and we're willing to hear it, and we're willing to understand it, and we're willing to actually validate it, and we're willing to find meaning different meanings, meaning one thing means something to you and another thing means something, and that same thing means something different to me. And now we're going to find a compromise in the middle of it. You also want to foster your child's uh, authentic interests. Allow your kid to cultivate the things they're good at and celebrate it. And your kid may not be the kid who wants to code, but maybe the kid who loves to bake a cake. You know, you want to foster that. You want to celebrate their interests. You also want to be open with your feelings. Parents can also model how to regulate pain and disappointment. You know, something narcissists struggle with. You know, it's okay for your kid to see you cry when you you you, you put it in the context of saying, you know, I'm just sad. This is uh, really hard for me because I worked hard on something and it it's just going to be okay. Things aren't working out the way I wanted to be. I lost this person in my life and they meant a whole lot and I miss them. You know, life is real. And what we want to do is make it real for our kids and help them understand that we do have feelings. It's the most powerful thing a kid can see is you actually showing your true empathetic emotions as a parent. You also want to spend quality time. No matter how busy you are, make time for your kids. You know, adding that setting aside even just 15 or 20 minutes a day of quality one-on-one time sitting down for a family dinner 
can make a difference. And remember, the most important thing to teach a child is empathy. Empathy is the most powerful thing you can offer in life because that's what all people need. Narcissistic people don't understand that. They think it's do, 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 don't fail. You know, and, and, and I honestly think more, more, uh, more than times tables and, and, and capital letters and, and coding and teaching kids how to do math and do reading, it's empathetic adults that have the greatest teaching. Teaching kids to be self-aware that there are consequences to the things we say and do in life. And not all people see things the way that we see them. And not all people understand us the way we want to be understood. And that kind of capacity allows us to measure our life in a realistic way and develop what's called relationships, which is the most important thing in this life. Because when you die, your legacy is not all the money you left behind and not all the things you did for somebody and all the things you bought them. It's actually the memories you made with that person. And people that are narcissistic have trouble with relationships unless it's about them. And so they have trouble having a legacy. Most narcissistic people, once they die, their life is worthless. They move on. They could be multi-billionaires with, with yachts and helping all kinds of people, throwing the greatest parties. But since they're narcissists, their legacy is of little value to most people outside of the fact that they may have facilitated an incredible party or facilitated an incredible opportunity. But those narcissistic people, as people, most people don't want to carry their qualities forward. And so, you know, what type of parenting leads children to grow up with a narcissistic personality? That is the question. You know, uh, people, oftentimes, kids with narcissistic parents are the greatest at risk for becoming narcissist. And so, uh, once again, in this society where people are so opinionated, so selfish, can't even hold a freaking conversation because their opinion is more important than your opinion. You know, it used to be what made life function better was everybody's more good than they are bad and everybody's more right than they are wrong. And if you take people at that, you're going to be a better listener because the listener is actually the one in charge of a conversation, not the speaker. It's amazing, but that is the truth. And the other truth is you can tell how smart somebody is by their questions, not their answers. And so it's really important that narcissistic people cannot even fathom that idea. You know, love is conditional to them. And when you come and, and first in a race, when you win the science fair, when, when you show when you win the star in a school show, or, you, or you're showered with praise and attention, that is what teaches a kid to be a narcissist. When when you when you don't, you are a disappointment and off the radar. And everyone in the family is supposed to be special and prove it over and over again. No matter how much you achieve, the pressure is never off. You always have to achieve. And this is a sad ingredient. And I have to put it this way. In, in, in some cultures in this world, some major, 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 major cultures in this world, uh, this is what they teach their kids, that success is the means to having a life. And your success is the measurement of who you are as a human being. Unfortunately, that's a third world mentality. Your relationships 
is what makes the strength of your life. If you want to have a quality of life, if you want to have a deep life, if you want to have a meaningful life, if you want to have a life that is shared with other resources and other people and celebrated by other people, by the fact that you're humble and actually a human being that cares about other people, many cultures view that as that's not economically a very smart thing. But in survival mode, if you don't have relationships, uh, you don't survive. And so the fact is, is that people can exist or they can live. Most people learn how to exist. That's why multi-billionaires are often very unhappy with their life because they don't learn the value of relationships. They learn the value of sustaining an existence. And th there's a huge difference. So children and families who do not feel stably loved develop what's called an anxious attachment. And that means that other people cannot be trusted. And so the only way I can trust people is they do things for me. And so other people now have to define their value to me. And when they don't accommodate my needs, they're of little value to me. That's once again, why the narcissist needs the codependent. You know, it's hard for them to enjoy anything for its own good, just, you know, unless it has status driven to it. You know, instead of being supported by their parents to explore what they like, what they want to do more of, and what they want to receive support for high achievement, their parents are not interested in their children's real selves. They are mainly interested in how their children can make the family look good. And what unfortunately happens with narcissists and borderlines, borderlines are very dangerous narcissists because they are sexually promiscuous and highly volatile, kind of like a bipolar narcissist. Uh, and so uh, what basically happens is these people are highly, highly unstable, highly selfish. And so their value comes from looking good. And looking good is not what children do well. Looking good is hard for most kids because they are impulsive and they need to experientially learn how to become an adult. Narcissists want perfection right off the bat. You know, uh, very successful people in life, doctors, lawyers, uh, you have to be also very leery of some of these people, engineers, people, people that... Um, have to have a success to be in their family, to be noted as somebody of significance in their family. People that have to play traditional roles in our society that bring millions and millions of dollars always have financial stability. And that's all they're valued as, as a human being. Oh, they own five houses in this most, you know, in New York City, or they own this, that, or the other, whatever. You know, the bottom line is, when you value that in a person, what they lose is their way. They lose their being. They lose who am I? We are souls living a human life. Our human life is supported by things, doing things. Our soul is successful by connection, by caring, by, by suffering, by standing with other people, by connecting. That is our soul. So people that do human life really well are very focused on things and doing things. People that are very soul-driven are about connection. And can you find a balance? Of course you can, because there's huge value in somebody being an actual human being with empathy and connected to other people's pain. There's huge value. There's more value in that 
than in the just basic delivery of, oh, I get milk today or I get this from the narcissist. Oh, this person is my attorney and they're going to stand in front of me and protect me. You know, family attorneys are oftentimes extremely narcissistic because they love to stir up the crap between two, two people that hate each other. They can exacerbate them hugely financially by exacerbating their arguments. And by doing that, they, as an attorney, have to mop it up. And so they gain more and more and more and more and more money. You know, if there are two or more children, the parent will praise one and devalue the other. They're always, the narcissistic parent loves to compare one child to another's success. When that child, other one is not successful, there is guilt and shame attached to them. You're supposed to be like your sibling who offers me great success. You know, so the good one can quickly become the bad one. And suddenly a different sibling is elevated if they become more successful than the good one used to be. You know, nobody in the family feels secure and everyone spends their time trying to pacify the explosive narcissistic parent. And when we call it explosive, you have to identify the term narcissistic rage. They love to manage people with anger. They love to scare the crap out of their children because they don't do what they're supposed to do. You're not what I want you to be. I'm ashamed of you. They love to guilt and shame the hell out of their kids. And some very strong, huge, gigantic cultures in this world are very much into doing that to their children. There's also the defeated child. Some of these children simply give up and accept defeat. And in their teenage years, after decades of being told that they're worthless, they may spiral down into a self-hating, shame-based depression. And then to escape their inner shame, they may try to lose themselves in impulsive, addictive behaviors like drugs and alcohol. Some become alcoholics. Some become drug addicts. Others spend their days on the internet they never achieve their potential because they've been convinced that they have none. They may just sit in front of video games like many of our 30-year-old adults living with their parents do, playing video games all day long every day of their life. There's also the rebellious child, and this is another result of narcissism. These children overtly reject their parents' message that they are losers. Instead, they spend their life trying to prove themselves to the world and devaluing the parent that they are special and their parents were wrong. So they pursue achievement in every way that they can. Proving that they are special becomes a lifelong mission, while underneath, there's always a harsh inner voice that is criticizing their every mistake, no matter how minor it is. These people also have the propensity to be narcissistic parents. You know, there's also the angry child. These children grow up furious at the devaluing parent. Anyone who reminds them of their parent in any way becomes a target of their anger, especially employers. They love to sue employers. They love to tear employers apart because they're angry because of their narcissistic parent. And you're one of those narcissists, too. As by the way, kids that grow up with narcissistic parents love to call everybody they don't like a narcissist. You know, so so. uh 
you know, the bottom line is they sometimes become toxic or malignant narcissists themselves. You know, it's not enough for them to achieve. They must destroy as well. And oftentimes that's called a borderline personality. So if you have an affair with my partner or my or somebody that I'm sexually connected with, I'm going to destroy you for all the things you're doing to me, the narcissist. I must destroy all who get in the way. That's how they often think. They also love the Cinderella story. You know, uh, they, they love the movie. Uh, uh, I can't remember the one with uh, Julia Roberts, you know, where she's a prostitute for Richard Gere. They love those kind of stories. They love to fall in love and 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 they love to have all kinds of relationships because once again, narcissists cannot hold rules that they hold to everybody else on themselves. They have no integrity. Many people who are narcissists actually end up alone in their grave alone in the nursing home with nobody showing up because they just cannot manage integrity at all. They don't even know what integrity is, unfortunately. You know, the effects of conditional and unconditional love is a huge part of raising a child in a narcissistic home. Everyone wants to be seen realistically and loved unconditionally. But, you know, if children believe that their parents only value them because of what they do, this is how they learn love. And that's conditional. If I'm successful, then my parents will love me. And so as siblings, they're all going to compete with each other. Wow, wouldn't that be great to be raised in a home with a bunch of people that are competing with each other? Isn't that a lovely place to grow up? You know, but narcissistic parents love to do that. They'll pair one against the other. So children who are idolized by a parent can begin to believe that they're only lovable when they're perfect or worthy of idealization. And so the bottom line is, if they actually were able to teach them that relationships are more important than success, they actually will learn how to be successful by having relationships. Unfortunately, narcissistic parents don't understand that. You know, uh, the stunted development is another thing that happens. What used to be 18 is 32. Many reasons why is because we live in a narcissistic, selfish society where parents don't even parent. They'll give your kid a phone at seven years old and that's your new babysitter for the rest of your life. Your phone is your company. Your phone is your best friend. And whoever reaches out to you in that phone is also your best friend because your phone is your greatest love. I cannot tell you how many people go into a existential crisis of who am I when they lose their phone. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come right back to talk about the making of a narcissist. So come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Stuck in a state of being that holds us back from creating the life we truly desire. Regardless of your own blocks or limitations, imagine an easier way to get unstuck and move forward with your life. On this show... 
Jason Hopkins shares his practical next right step approach that will move you toward the life you really want. You too can be steps from getting the abundance, love, support, and fulfillment your heart desires. Get unstuck. Move forward with your life with Jason Hopkins. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about the making of a narcissist. You know, occasionally, some people resist the role, some children resist the role of the golden child. You know, they're embarrassed by the excessive praise that they receive, and they feel burdened by the role that they're asked to play in the family. And so when people try to make their kid the flagship, some kids just want to get off the endless treadmill and live their own life without having to meet their parents' crazy expectations. So, you know, some kids grow up in a household where there's an exhibitionist, narcissist parent who rewards them with praise and attention as long as they admire and stay subservient to the parent. That means the parent has to be the center of their life. You know, these children are taught narcissistic values, but are discouraged from exhibiting themselves for admiration. Instead, their role in the family is to uncritically worship the greatness of their narcissistic parent. My dad is a doctor. My dad is a CEO of a company. My mother has run this this fantastic charity or this great business. My dad is a minister. He's a great pastor of a mega church. You know, they love that admiration. Unfortunately, the kids are learned to idealize their parent and turn them into a god, and that's called an authoritarian household. That means that parent must be followed. That parent is the example of who to be. And this is an excellent way to create a covert or closet narcissist. The children learn that they will be given narcissistic supplies, attention, and praise for not openly competing with the narcissistic parent, and that these supplies will be withheld and they will be devalued if they openly try to get acknowledged as special. So all their family value comes from acting as a support to the ego of the exhibitionist narcissist parent. And in adulthood, these kids feel too exposed and vulnerable to be comfortable in the spotlight. So their narcissism and self-esteem issues are less obvious to anyone who does not know them well. So some adapt to this role very well and lead productive lives and a job that involves supporting a high-achieving exhibitionist narcissist whom they admire. You know, it's it's just amazing 
for us to understand that narcissism comes in so many variances, but what it all comes down to is selfish tendencies. So a covert narcissist, a covert narcissist loves to control and manipulate, and that's what they do. They do the behind the scenes, but everything turns back to what they want. Narcissistic people feel superior to others. They think they have all of the right answers and they fantasize about personal success, but they believe they deserve special treatment when they feel humiliated. They often lash out aggressively or even violently. Unfortunately, little is known about the origins of it, but the bottom line is narcissism is increasing in the Western society, in the Western world. And uh, that aggression is growing greater and greater. And the problem is people are becoming more and more stressed out. That is because black and white thinking is on the, the rise. Black and white thinking is what narcissists do because they're so stupid. They cannot do gray. They don't understand gray. Everything has to be in the box that they put them in. You're this, you're that. You're this over here. Oh, you said that. So you're one of those. They love to box everybody into their labels. And unfortunately, that is the most stressful thing you can do in your life because trying to keep everything in the box means you have to develop narratives that you believe. It's called delusional thinking. You know, a child's family dynamic is one of the most significant predictors of narcissistic tendencies, including superiority, grandiosity, entitlement, lack of empathy. And guess what we're living in? A woke culture. Yes, the woke world. God forbid that a man have an XY chromosome and a woman has an XX. Everything else is in your head. That's all made up by people. All of it is made up by people. X, Y, X, X. That's what it comes down to. But narcissistic people are so grandiose and superior, they want to make everybody what they are. So they love, they think they have the formula for all of life. And they love to integrate our politics and they love to integrate our schools. They want to be on that school board. They want to be that teacher. They want to be that politician. They want to be the mayor. They want to be the governor, the president, whatever. They want to rule the world because they know that that's how they can propagate their philosophy in life. And so they love those roles. And we as elected people are so stupid that we don't look past their grandiosity, their entitlement, their lack of empathy, their lack of caring about our children, their fact that they want to groom every child to be what they are. They love that in our society. But we as a society, we don't even view that. We don't even understand it because we wouldn't fathom that we would be doing that. But unfortunately, that's what narcissists do. They will hide behind their labels and they will force their labels on everybody else in the world. To be clear, children and teens are naturally more selfish and narcissistic because their minds are still developing. So it's normal for them to be less self-aware until they've learned more important skills like emotional regulation, consequential thinking, how I impact others, and empathy. But, you know, not acknowledging your own negative behaviors are things that children learn by observing and reflecting, which means they might adopt your negative actions. If they have a parent that loves to gaslight, you're the crazy one. Oh, you're the one that's wrong. Oh, this is your fault. You're trying to blame me. You're trying to gaslight me to believe I'm crazy. That's a narcissist. They love to talk like that. 
So you have to understand you're teaching your kids how to be narcissists because you're using narcissistic language. That's, oh, I didn't say that. I didn't do, that's not what I said. That's not how I meant it. That's not how I did that. They love to deflect, 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 and then they love to teach their children that, and then their children never grow up because they don't know what human accountability really is. They have no idea what commitment really means. They have no idea what a covenant really means because that calls for what's called accountability. I actually have to understand that my decisions impact other people. Well, narcissists are going to groom somebody to be that other person. So they'll accept everything the narcissist has to give them because that's all you deserve in this world. You know, let's say a waiter messes up your order. Instead of handling the situation with grace, you want to humiliate and yell at them. And your child watches and thinks the way you reacted is fine. And that's why it's so important to teach and demonstrate your kids what emotional intelligence is. You want to teach them how to be empathetic, how to be kind, because kindness can be a greater influence than your nasty temper tantrums and your childish behavior. So a good way to start is to help them recognize how they're feeling. You put a name to an emotion. This is, I'm frustrated. You know, I'm very sad. You know, I'm very happy about all this. You know, this is bringing me a lot of joy. If we could actually verbalize our emotions, we are teaching our children how to verbalize their emotions. You know, if you're going to shame and guilt and distract and ignore your children's emotions, they're essentially teaching them that their feeling is wrong. And as a result, they'll have a hard time regulating their behaviors, which can lead to a host of problems as they get older. You know, numbing behaviors like addiction to protect their behaviors like grandiosity, which is a common narcissistic trait. So, you know, to deaden that feeling and to make themselves not have to feel that they're the narcissist, they're going to have to drink and smoke and do all kinds of drugs so they can avoid the problem. You know, mirroring requires that you meet your child where they're at and help label their emotions. That means you use their energy, you step into their energy and try to join them and try to validate your children. I understand. Oh, so this is what you're trying to tell me. Oh, that's how you're feeling. I get it. I understand. Not fixing it. Oh, you should feel like this. Oh, I can't believe you would think that. I can't believe you would feel that way. That is not how to raise a kid. It's validate, 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 validate. Oh, I get it. So you understand. Have you ever thought about this? Have you ever thought about that? You know, respecting them as a human being, God forbid you do that, especially if you're a narcissist, you're going to want to be the authoritarian parent to tell them how they're supposed to feel. Imagine that you're picking your kid up from school and they get in the car, they slam the door with an angry face. Instead of shaming them for having a bad attitude and mirror them by saying, looks like you had an awful day at school, what happened? Wouldn't that be a great way to parent? You know, once they've told you what happened, you want to validate them. You know, that's not nice. I can understand why you're upset. This doesn't mean you're agreeing or disagreeing with their response. You're simply letting them know that their feeling is acceptable. Narcissists can't stand how other people feel. They don't want other people feeling. Their feelings are the most important thing to them. So over time, they're going to take your feelings and make them their feelings. Oh, I remember when I did this. Oh, I remember how this went in my life. So they'll take everything that you've done 
and going through, all the pain that you're going through, if you're sitting there at a funeral with your mother right dead in front of you, they're going to make it about their dead mother. That's how narcissists operate. You know, if your kid's throwing a fit in public because they aren't getting their way, you know, don't just let it happen. What you want to need, but you don't need to shame them. You want to teach them that if you want something, what is it that you want? Use your words. Let's try to figure out how to use your words to get what you want rather than throwing a temper tantrum. You know, some of the questions that would be wonderful to ask a child is how did this happen? What happened instead of why did you do that? You know, the why question is motive-based. So that means you're going to teach your kid to lie. If you're going to ask kids why questions, they're going to lie to you. Ask them a what or a how. Now I'm trying to find the process that led to a decision. That's called wisdom. Wow. That's called forgiveness. Wow. That's called finding out their intentions. Wow. But narcissistic parents can't do that. It's got to be, why did you do that? Because you're making me look bad. You know, that's what they're about. You know, another question is, how are you feeling? How do you think your reaction is making the other person feel around you? That's another question, you know, helping them become aware. How can you tell when when your child is, is showing narcissistic behaviors? Well, there's various things that you can think about. You know, they feel angry or sad. Is your child's emotional uh, IQ low? Do they have very little emotional understanding? If they do, you need to be a feeling-based person identifying and helping them identify their feelings, you know? The, the, the bottom line is we all have to understand that narcissism is a huge uh, problem in our society. You know, if you're going to deprive your children of attention and love and care and deny them their feelings, you are creating a narcissist. That is horrible. If, if a person craves praise, denying them attention is going to turn them into somebody who is toxic because you're telling them uh, praise is not important. We all have these strange things called love languages. Love languages are things like giving gifts, you know, intimacy, spending quality time together, uh, you know, doing things of significance, words of affirmation. All of us have love languages. And people that are narcissists don't understand love languages. They understand if I like a grilled cheese, you're going to get a grilled cheese because I think that's how to love. Because I love you the way I love myself. God forbid you might need a four-course meal, but that's not necessary. You should have what I want. That's how narcissists give. They give gifts the way they would want them to be received rather than understanding how another needs to receive love. If another needs to receive gifts, if another needs to receive praise, they're not going to do that unless it's good for them. And so unfortunately, narcissists can't get out of themselves. They don't understand that other people receive love differently. And so if you understand love languages and you teach a child love languages, what you're teaching them is how to meet people where they are rather than meet them the way you want to be loved. You know, cold hard facts are hard for people that are narcissists. They don't like them. They're going to shake them. They are going to deflect, deflect, deflect. That's how they operate. And if you're dealing with a narcissist, understand you're not going to heal it. They're toxic. So you have to put them in a place in your life that is not going to be toxic. That means you have to uh, diminish their value. 
All right, that's our show. Thank you for listening. I love hearing from you. You can do that on our webpage at voiceamerica.com, the empowerment and the health and wellness channels, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now remember, narcissists tell you a dream and deliver you a nightmare. Also, when narcissists can't control you, the focus on how to control how other people see you is their focus. Also, narcissists can't be the parents you need them to be, but make fantastic Disney parents. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 